and we visited this temple in Beijing and I mean gosh I just had this epiphany and it was a, there was a, one of my closest girlfriends at the time was standing next to me and I was telling her I think it was around November and I was telling her on the 3rd of March because I love the number three <laughs> uh, on the 3rd of March, I'm going to have a website with my name and I'm going to have a blog and I'm going to start writing or photographing. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but there's going to be something. I'm going to be doing it. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Road to Thriving podcast. My name is Claire and I'm your host. This podcast is all about demystifying and celebrating what it means to thrive as a traveler and to pursue dreams of living life differently. In each episode, you're going to hear from travelers and nomads from around the globe who are living alternatively and thriving. You will hear their journey to thriving and hear them share their wisdom on topics like business, mindset, health and well-being, cultivating community, and so much more. Road to Thriving is all about debunking this myth that we must survive in order to live a life full of adventure and showing that there are many roads to thriving in an alternative traveling lifestyle. Giving you the inspiration and tools to pursue your own thriving life of travel, adventure, and dreams of living life differently. Come join us on the Road to Thriving. Hello and welcome guys. How are we doing today? In this episode, I am sitting down with Carmen Hüter. I really hope I have not butchered that. If you guys don't already know her, Carmen is an award-winning photographer. She's currently based out of Austria. In pre-2020, she was traveling long haul basically every week around the globe as a photographer. And so I wanted to bring her on to share her expertise in something that I know a lot of people struggle with is this idea of balance between work, health and well-being, and travel. And so in this episode, you're going to hear from Carmen, you're going to hear her story, her journey of how she went from being a 14-year-old herself, uh, dreaming of going to New Zealand, to only four years later making the decision to move halfway across the world to New Zealand to pursue her dreams. She shares her story of how she actually came to be a travel photographer and shares a little bit about her brief stint as a fashion blogger in her early days. And we also take a little dive into her iconic motto, create more than you consume. And something that I was really surprised by, which is this idea that she didn't think she was creative as a child, which I found absolutely fascinating. So we take a deep dive into that and how she found her creativity and how it is now an essential part of her overall well-being. If you're someone like me who is still struggling to find the balance of health, well-being, travel, and work, then you're definitely wanting to tune into this episode. Carmen shares so many goodies, so much wisdom. I really hope you guys enjoy. Alrighty, let's get to the episode. Alrighty, Carmen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. Well, the first thing that I always do on my podcast is I do a little quick fire so the audience can get to know you a little bit better and so that I can get to know you a bit better too. If you're ready, we'll dive on in. Sure. Whereabouts are you from? I am from, <clears throat> I'm born in a little mountain village in the east of Tyrol in Austria. And where are you now? I am in another little village. Uh, <laughs> Um, in a region called Salzkammergut. It's uh, close to Salzburg, which people would know for Sound of Music, which I've never watched because Austrians don't really know about that, but Hilarious. the world seems to know about it. Yeah. Everyone else does. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Do you have a first travel memory? Uh, yes, with my dad. I think it was about 12 or 13. We went to the south of Spain and uh, we went on a boat and I saw dolphins for the first time, which have been my favorite animal for my whole life. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I got a dolphin soft toy and I remember not it not leaving really my sight for many years. <laughs> I love that. Beach or mountains? Both. Oh, I like it. <laughs> uh, top bucket list destination right now? Mm, I would love to go see my other favorite animal, the polar bear one day, whether that be mm. uh, in Greenland or in Canada uh, or in Norway, I would just, yeah, I would really love that one day. <clears throat> mm, beautiful. A book, well, I mean, I think you spoiled this for me at the beginning, but a book you're reading to or listening to at the moment that you're loving. 
Uh, I just finished uh, Daisy Jones and the Six literally half an hour ago, and I'm <laughs> listening to Barack Obama's A Promised Land, which I'm almost done with as well. Oh, cool. Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, cool. I've been like tossing up between his and becoming, and I'm just like, Ooh, oh, no. I to... mean, Michelle's is definitely better, but okay, if cool. you're, you know, I mean, Barack's book is really obviously politics heavy it's very mm. policy heavy even he describes like every what seems to be every detail of his um <clears throat> political career but it is truly fascinating michelle's is inspiring barracks too but mm. it's a lot more detailed it's yeah yeah cool yeah. good to know yeah. top wellness practice or hack that you have when you are traveling um get good sleep it's not mm. a hack but it seems to be one because it's pretty scarce sometimes, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sleep. <laughs> Amen. I definitely feel that I had a middle of the night call last night. So I am definitely resonating with the sleep is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, as you mentioned before, um, in preparation for this interview, I was looking through your website, which I love that you have a, uh, what is it like a, get to know me page um and your little description of your town i just want to read it for everyone you're like you're raised in a town wedged between germany and italy imagine 360 mountain views ancient buildings a huge fortress and clear blue lakes dotted across the forests i really want to know what was it like growing up in what sounds like a disney movie <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know really Austria is well the whole of the Alps regions are really cinematic in that sense like they're mm -hmm. very picturesque they're very beautiful but at the end of the day I also grew up in a place where me saying I was going to go to New Zealand one day or me now being self-employed as a photographer and all these things seemed outrageous so it in one hand on the one side it's really um you know calming and nurturing and on the other side it's very limiting because it is a small place and it's pretty conservative as well hmm. so you know sorry to uh bust that bubble there but it's definitely not as progressive i mean maybe now now it is but when i grew up especially i grew up only with my dad you know everyone knew everyone i had a really uh difficult upbringing and that is really hard when everyone kind of knows everyone everyone talks about everyone you don't really have that freedom to just reinvent yourself or just to kind of start over when you have to um yeah so it's a it's a double-edged sword but it is beautiful nonetheless and i i don't have any negative feelings about it but i think going to new zealand and eventually traveling the world really helped me uh, become who i am today i would never be that person without not having left my, my, my home so idyllic wasn't necessarily idyllic yeah i mean it is yeah exactly i mean it's always kind of what what lens you you look look through yeah mm -hmm. it's always the green on the other side i'm sure for mm -hmm. me for you <laughs> very cool well i mean as you just mentioned for anyone who does not know your story so you were 18 when you left to go to new zealand to study english is that right mm -hmm. um yeah, but right. you actually had no intention of actually traveling but you just wanted to kind of get out i'd love for you to like mm -hmm. share that story yeah, when I was 14, I was uh, gifted an atlas for my Christmas present, and I found it fascinating, as any child would, I guess. And I realized that New Zealand seemed to be the furthest away country. I mean, it was quite literally the antipodes of um, the, well, it's the antipodes of, of Spain, I think, but it's pretty close to where I am. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you go through the sense of the earth, you come out around New Zealand. Um, and you know, I left home when I was 15 and I just had this feeling I just needed to get away. I needed to get a break from everything. And uh, so when I was 14, I was like, yeah, I'm going to New Zealand one day. I had no idea really where it was. I had no idea what was there. Uh, I think it was just around the Lord of the Rings movie uh, situation. So just beforehand. So, you know, couple of years later, it was a lot more normal for people to say they would visit New Zealand. But back then, everyone was saying, oh, you're going to Australia? I'm like, no, 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 New Zealand. <laughs> um, so it's this, you know, it's, 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 yeah. And then I just went when I was 18. I, I, I kind of kept that promise to myself for those four years. And I went and I did my English course and, um, you know, never intended to travel or really, I didn't really know what 
what there was to see in New Zealand. I didn't really even question it. I just wanted to get away and, and mm. yeah, that whole world sort of opened itself up to me when you sit on a plane for back then, I think it was 40 hours of traveling. Mm. Um, oh my goodness. And, you know, it was my first ever flight alone, my first ever long haul flight, my first ever flight outside of Europe. You know, there were so many firsts and uh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's really as, as if something that has been clogging your vision just lifts and you you see what's possible and so I just followed all those possibilities for all these years and it's ultimately brought me back home to another village in Austria <laughs> but the last uh yeah what have yeah well 10 years now have been truly life-changing and it's just I wouldn't have missed them for a thing and I I'm so glad I stepped on that plane and so you were 15 I thought you were 18 I don't know where I got 18. Yeah, no, I was 15 when I left home and then I was 18 when I went to New Zealand. Yeah, so I lived by myself from 15 to 18. Oh, wow. In um, Austria? Yeah. In Austria, yeah. yeah. I was wow. still going to school. I was doing my <clears throat> my A-levels and everything. But yeah, that's that kind of where that whole family dynamic came from, where I just was like, I just need a break from all of this. And uh, mm. I got the break. Yeah. Very cool. And so when you got to New Zealand, if I've read this correctly, mm-hmm this English school you went to shut down mm-hmm. yeah one day um, we had the ministry of uh, education standing in front of us one of the employees there telling us that our visas were now expired because the school was non-existent and we basically either had to leave the country or find a new school uh, or go on a tourist visa which wasn't really an option for me because I had to kind of have some excuse for being so far away from home and not being in university yet and all these mm-hmm. things that I was aspiring to do or was I guess being told to do and um, yeah, so I found another school. The other school was on a different island, though, um, <laughs> to the South Island. And I actually signed, uh, I was in a relationship by then. It was three months in. And uh, I signed a one-year, I think, lease. Went, my, school, my school went for another couple of months, so God knows. But <laughs> I, I signed a one-year lease with my boyfriend uh, at the time and, and a mate of his. And I just went to that school and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll make it work. And yeah, that's really kind of what happened. I stayed in that relationship for almost nine years. And I ended up doing my whole degree at that campus of that English uh, school I went to. And uh, it all kind of, and I lived in that place for a few years, more than that. And just hmm. it just all worked out. And so at what point in that journey did you like start to be like, oh, I could I could travel. And did you start to go other places in those nine years? Yeah, I mean, my first few months, you know, there would be weekend trips with other people that were visiting New Zealand. Um, and also my, my partner at the time was really into the outdoors. So he kind of close, like very, very slowly brought me, brought me onto that journey um, of kind of just, you know, camping and hiking and uh, maybe just exercising as well which I wasn't doing Mm -hmm. much of back then and um, then during university I just worked three jobs and every summer I would choose a new location and just go there and use that money that I worked that I saved up during the year and I would really much pretty much go anywhere I would just decide on a whim that I was going to be volunteering in Brazil and so I booked the flight to Rio it was all pretty, uh, you know, it was filled with a lot of naivete, but I think it was also filled with a lot of optimism that I luckily have always carried with me. And um, it has enabled me to, you know, spend a few months in China and in South America and in Indonesia and God knows and get to know myself in the world while I'm at it. So, yeah, it's hmm. been been a good time. And you mentioned um, something really powerful. I mean, I know I resonate with this and I know a lot of travelers resonate with this as well is this kind of expectation of what you should be doing versus this like nagging feeling of what you actually want to be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. When did you kind of start to be a little more lenient, give yourself more permission to explore those parts of yourself that wanted to see the world? Well, it's not like I had this really big nagging feeling that I needed to travel or I needed to create, you know, it was just sort of more an extension to my life. I was still pretty happy with, you know, doing my business degree and kind of just doing my jobs and maybe getting an internship here and there and just following that path that was laid out ahead of, of me. It was, you know, I I was slowly edging out of my comfort zone, but really much at my own time and I didn't feel like I had to you know, throw it all up and kind of pursue this life of creativity. It, it really, it, it kind of just 
drew itself closer to me when I was ready. And I think that's really important because so many people see um, perhaps someone living, uh, God knows, a nomadic lifestyle or being self-employed or, or, or perhaps just doing something that they don't even dare of dreaming. And then they think they have to leave their whole life behind and just, you know, can completely start over again but you can also it, this is a nuanced thing you know you can do this in steps you can start traveling a little bit you don't have to completely sell <clears throat> all your things like I did and go to New Zealand or do it you know there is there is always opportunity when we just make space for it so I I think the more I travel the more I realize yeah this is this is really fascinating and then the creating part didn't come for years later you know I was just quite happy with myself for uh, exploring different cultures and traveling without a phone or without the year plan and, and, and just exploring. And then years later, I saw the opportunity, maybe I should start capturing a little bit, but again, no pressure. You know, I never said to myself, I have to become this kind of person now and, and, and throw this path away. I knew that I always had an inkling that there was going to be something else that I was doing or I was going to go, I was going to go and do, but I had this inkling since I've been a child. So mm. I've always you know, I've always kind of gone a little bit off, off direction or off the path ever since I've been very little. I've never quite been able to just completely follow the rules or, or uh, yep. think like everyone else. I mean, this is, and I, I also think it's not even that unique. I think most people think that some people are better at uh, hiding or at, um, I guess, getting comfortable with 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 what they're around what they're surrounded with than others and I just you know I had a really I've always been quite free-willed and you know when I was 14 I said I was gonna go to New Zealand Jesus like how that back then like now it seems fine to say that when you're 14 but back then there wasn't like a thing it wasn't a thing for you just to you know go and, and travel that you know now it, it, it times have really changed and uh you know I just you kind of just follow follow that gut feeling and I think that's the most powerful thing it's not really so much as opposed to kind of following the path or not it's really just recognizing what it is that you want to do that that is the truth of an older that you don't you know we all we all just need to listen more to that and not really what other people have to mm, amen <laughs> it's so funny you say that actually because I I think the first time that I took my first ever solo trip I was 18 and mm -hmm. I remember taking um, my dad taking me to the airport and he was like playing it cool, all good. And I just remember as I walked through the gates, looking back, his face just like sunk and the reality of like the fact that his child, not child, was leaving. Um, and I had the same reaction on the other side. And I just like, I don't know, from my perspective now, coming up to 30, I look back at me at 18, I'm like, oh my God, I was so young. And so I like picture a 14 year old you that's just almost that's just insane to like be like yeah i'm doing that so i think that's really cool that you had that and you followed through on it it's awesome so your current motto is create more than you consume mm -hmm. which is one of the things i i guess it's in your profile it was one of the things that drew me to you um that really resonated with me and what i found really interesting in when i was researching for this interview preparing i would listen to an interview where you spoke about how growing up you didn't actually believe that you were creative which i th i found super fascinating i would love if you could elaborate a little bit on that i mean you know there's no one to blame really but at the end of the day i think a lot of us get put into boxes really early on you know a child does one good thing and suddenly this is what they'll be you know 10 years later on the road I mean this is it's ridiculous because at the end of the day we're all just experimenting and not just the children but also you know for our whole life so you know I was told I wasn't creative by one teacher really early on and I it's it's just stuck with me I mean we are you know drawn to role models a teacher of course is role model to a child I believed him that end of story that was not it wasn't very complicated I just was like yeah okay and I ended up being, you know, good in maths and good in languages. I ended up being a tutor to other children in school. And I was like, cool, I'll just I'll study business. Yeah, that, that will do. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know it, it's not like I was sitting there self-evaluating myself and I was really young. I just followed that path and I was like, yeah, that's just me. I, it's not, I never really mourned it per se. I, I just, 
I thought it was a pity and I there were definitely as I, as I already said there was definitely an inkling that maybe that's not quite right maybe I'm actually going to do something quite different but I didn't let myself go that far yet and so I just stuck with it and then when I was traveling and and even when I was studying you know there were moments where I was like mm, yeah maybe no maybe I need to I need to I think I need to create and it's so interesting because every human needs to create I mean it is literally since the con since humanity has been conceptualized per se we have created we have made art um to really well you know well since the earliest days we can trace back art to to homo sapiens so it's it's just ridiculous to even consider yourself not creative we all create it in a different way i think there's just so many medium uh media and we are i guess consuming only a couple of them every day, such as music or photography. So we don't really think outside that realm, but there are so many ways we can express different parts of ourselves. And I mean, Jesus, I was with a person who was a military officer and he really was, you know, very technical, very high up, very strategic, uh, very intelligent, but he wrote poems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, there's a duality of life to, to, to really to every every soul out there so I yeah it just took me a while to find mine it took me a while to kind mm -hmm. of make peace also with the fact that I actually could do if I just wanted to like I there was nothing standing in my way than, other than myself and you know I think we also sometimes pretend that there's a lot, lot of obstac obstacles in our way because it's just kind of hard to admit that really our only obstacle is ourselves so many of the time so much mm -hmm. uh, yeah so there was, it took me a long time to find that. But once I, once I made peace with the idea that I could start creating, I, I just did. And it, again, it was a really long journey. I was not, uh, you know, I didn't take a photo. I was like, wow, like that, that's it, you know. <laughs> I'm like, done. <laughs> yeah, gosh, like anyone scroll back to my feet. I mean, there were a few lucky ones, I'd say. But overall, I had a long way to go. And that's, that's part of being creative, I guess. I actually did. So I don't know if I heard it in an interview or something where you were like, oh, uh, don't go all the way back. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to I'm just going to go and see what's happening. <laughs> and I'm actually I just want to say thank you for I mean, whether you continue to do this or not, but thank you for keeping them there, because I think there's so many people who, you know, they get to a certain level and they go, oh, I'll just like, you know, erase all of that. And I think there's sure. something really beautiful in acknowledging the messy and vulnerable and the process that we kind of lose. And I think as we're talking about creativity, like that's part of the process of learning and owning your creativity is being messy. Like you don't just get it right the first time and you've got to experiment. And the only way experiment is getting messy. So I just want to say yeah, thank you maybe. for having course, that there I as. <laughs> I've never deleted one single post or video. I don't consider that that part of who I am I mean I talk about honesty and so I feel like that's just part of my art as well I have to be honest and sometimes I do things that I'm not insanely proud of but I did them anyway and sometimes you just have to do it you know it's uh, you even if they're not perfect you just have to put it out there and move on with yourself at the end of the day it's just a photo or it's just a mm -hmm. video it's not that monumental uh, that's just really it mm -hmm. yeah I, get, I actually get this question a lot from people and friends who are just starting off, who are kind of trying to find their feet in this space and who are just mm -hmm. like almost get like paralyzed with knowing what to say or do, or it's like, what's the right photo and what's the right caption? And it's like even beyond Instagram or whatever. It's like at the end of the day, it, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is we just need to like just be in the process and be okay with it, not being perfect. Yeah. Gosh, accept the accept our own humanity. I don't know what we've become with this entirely this illusion we are we are putting up in front of others, but also we enjoy being we enjoy consuming from others as well. And so at the end of the day, Jesus, we are all quite the same. We are all internally flawed, and I mean, you know, it's just it's just the same as happiness and fear are two sides of the same coin. It's it's all just part of it. And I think the quicker we are to accept <clears throat> the ebbs and flows of life and, and, and just also the ebbs and flow of creativity, mm -hmm. the more content we'll be, which really should be anyone's ultimate goal. Because what are we going to do without being content, you know? Oof. Isn't that the truth? <laughs>
Um, well, the other side that I really wanted to chat with you about, because I mean, I really resonated with it kind of on the flip side is you spoke a bit about your dad. I also am an only child raised by a man. Um, and I actually had the experience. It sounds like the opposite of you. So he's an entrepreneur. He was always, you know, doing this, that, and the other. And so I grew up seeing that being like, oh, I don't want that. That's scary and unknown. I feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go the opposite and try and pursue something really safe. And so I spent like, I don't know, eight years trying to put myself into the box of safe. Turns out I don't love it in there. It's not for me. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. I needed to be doing my own thing the whole time anyway we we got there eventually but it sounds like you kind of had this opposite feeling that your dad was kind of wanting you to um have a stable job and kind of walk down that path i'd love for you to kind of share a little bit of that story <clears throat> i mean two things my dad is actually an entrepreneur as well and oh okay I have, <laughs> yeah i have i have two siblings so now i have two younger brothers whom i dearly yeah. love um, well, half and stepbrothers, but uh, yeah, of course, I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, my dad and I spent most of my childhood just between the two of us, and we did, there wasn't really any or much family around. Um, I have a mom, and I'm close to her now, but back then, I, I, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant to be, I guess, or however you, you'd like to put that. And I think when you have a young daughter in the early 90s and you, she is, you know, her entire family life and everything around her is quite messy. All you want for her is to have security. And mm. um, back then also, I mean, it wasn't, I'm sure the same for you. It wasn't really normal for a dad to be the single parent, uh, you know, that it was really hard for him to even be able to, I guess, get the court clearing to look after me in the first place. And once he did, there was a lot of judgment and stigma around it. So he wanted to just make sure I was going to be okay because mm. at the end of the day, education and <clears throat> financial or, I guess, job security means a lot. You know, it sets those sec secure kind of standards in your life. It sets you up and it doesn't... Uh, you know, it, it's not going to throw you into whatever it is that I guess I could have ended up in otherwise. So I guess that's just what he was trying to do. He was just going to make sure, hey, she has her base. I think for him, it was always really important that I was going to be independent. My dad lost both of his parents quite young and before I was born. And I think having that experience and for him, he was, he, you know, he grew up literally end of the road in a village of three or 500 people on the side of the biggest mountain in Austria. There was nothing. Uh, and, you know, he ended up really now, not, I mean, not when I was that young, but now he really made it for himself and he, he, he built something up for himself. And I think it was just so important for him that whatever happened, even if he wasn't there anymore, that I was going to be standing on my own feet. And that's what he made sure. Uh, not to say that that's the only right way, but, you know, in the, the perspective that I have now, uh, I guess that's what he was just really trying to do. And so honestly, you know, I had to move out when I was 15, but I could have moved out when I was 10. Like <laughs> it was really hard and I didn't know yeah. how to cook. And obviously I was very lonely and I didn't have the emotional spectrum to deal with what was facing me, but I had everything else. You know, I was able to take care of myself. I was able to go and study at a really difficult school and just get it all done and you know and that he made he made sure of that and at the end of the day I'm thankful for that too because without that foundation I would have never been able to to go I guess and, and do whatever the heck I, I dreamed of doing because without that I would have never been able to go into New Zealand I would have never been able to get a scholarship I mean there were so many things that that I needed to do first and so he made sure I guess I got that foundation yeah Hmm. It's actually funny you say that and now that I'm like hearing your story I'm like seeing my dad and similarly he wanted like he was like yeah go do whatever you want but get a degree that was like the thing and any other like if it had been completely sorry let's put different words to it if I had just followed my own path and what I wanted to do I would have just gone traveling I would have gone and seen the world I probably would have gone to somewhere very far north like you get as far away from Australia <laughs> um mm -hmm. but I just I so badly wanted my dad to be happy and so I did the whole uni yeah. thing for years and years and I never can regret it because I'm you can never take back an education but 
Thank you for sharing that. It's very insightful. <laughs> I'm just unpacking my own childhood trauma. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know this story, but I'd love for you to share, like, when did you actually kind of discover your creativity? Like, or maybe I don't know the story, actually. When did you discover your creativity? Well, there was a very distinct moment when I decided I was going to be creative. Ooh, I like <laughs> it was that. Kind of this very mindful decision. I um, was on like a one month scholarship in China. Uh, and then afterwards, I traveled China by myself. And it was just a couple of days before the scholarship ended. And we visited this temple in Beijing. And I mean, gosh, I had just had this epiphany and I was a, there was a, one of my closest girlfriends at the time was standing next to me and I was telling her, I think it was around November, and I was telling her on the 3rd of March, because I love the number three, uh, <laughs> on the 3rd of March, I'm going to have a website with my name and I'm going to have a blog and I'm going to start writing or photographing. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but there's going to be something. I'm going to be doing it. Alrighty guys, let's take a little break so I can tell you about our amazing sponsors. We are supported by Wildwood. Wildwood is a fellow traveler owned business that offers a range of sunglasses and blue blocker glasses. I own the Hippo sunglasses and the Loggerhead Turtle blue blocker glasses and I love them. They are handmade from reclaimed wood which i absolutely love if you guys want to check out their range you can head to www.wild-wood.com.au and if you want to grab a pair for yourself you can use the code thrive for 15 percent of your order Alrighty, guys let's get back to the episode um it was my last year of uni back then and so yeah on the 3rd of march i did make that website and i did make that blog and i started and it was so hard it was i mean it is really daunting when you're not used to creating to have to you know you obviously you set yourself some goals because otherwise you're just not going to do anything and so i think back then it was was it bi-weekly posts or one one long post on sunday i can't remember but it was this i decided i was going to do a fashion blog and then i was you know, creating all these concepts and, and photographing with a tripod, you know, in a terrible way. But even even though I, I was borrowing like designer gowns and I would be writing about the history of fashion and about mm. the whatever I could just kind of pull out of my brain. Um, and I was doing that every week doing, you know, I was still at uni, I was still working, but I just made, I made a deal with myself. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And I, I it's, it's a great feeling, but it's also so, so difficult because uh, it just feels like you have to, gosh, pull parts of your soul out onto paper, basically, <laughs> when, you're, when, you're not, when you're not used to that. It's really hard and you feel, you know, you're judging yourself so much as well in the early days. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's just what I started doing. And that's kind of how, what got the ball rolling. I was just sort of wannabe slash at the end of the day, I really was a fashion blogger and made a tiny bit of money from it and then hmm. I finished uni and I gave myself one year to figure it out and that one year of figuring out entailed a lot of one-way plane tickets uh, around the world and uh, a little camera that I started you know taking photos with and one of those photos ended up on National Geographic online and that's kind of just what inspired me to actually research on how to use a camera and perhaps <laughs> a little bit now really I had no this is the this is the really sometimes I just look back at myself and like what what why am I so stubborn I feel you know even yesterday I was doing this story with all these plants that I have at home and I really have half a jungle at home I have to say thank you for doing that because oh, I was saying like I needed help so thank you <laughs> and the plants are doing so well but it's just so peculiar to me that a year ago when I bought them why did I not bother to like watch a blog watch a blog or read a blog or like actually learn how to do it yeah it's just it's really interesting how we kind of just make life harder than it has to be but with, with my photography it was the same way I just got the camera and did absolutely no research and just you know whatever and then I slowly slowly as, as usual it's myself towards the idea of okay I could be learning okay let's let's ask some questions and I got there I guess what I wanted to say is that we all have our own timing and we just have to trust that that it will all come at the right time you know like you don't you don't have to really quite force that uh, all that magic to happen you just have to 
keep putting putting one step in front of in front of the other and just do something Hmm. I think actually like what you were saying before is just like you just have to show up and be messy maybe like this idea because I know a lot of people do this too like I know I did this with the podcast I look back and I'm like oh my god I should definitely done it a different way but I know for myself like if I had never taken that first step and published that first episode I probably would have never if you hadn't have said like the March 3rd Mm -hmm. thing it's like would you have ever Mm -hmm. taken that leap into that like scary unknown and so it's just like sometimes not having all the knowledge is a good thing because it just like it's just putting that one foot in front of the other 100 percent, yeah Mm, Yeah. very cool and so you leapt from fashion blogging all the way over into photography what was that experience and kind of how because you said you were earning a little bit from your fashion blog Mm -hmm. how long did it take before you started earning a proper like a an income to support yourself through photography? Oh gosh, I'm, I'm guessing a couple of years for sure. I still always had some freelance jobs. I was, mm. uh, my biggest freelance job was doing basically everything digital from photography to uh, making a website, to marketing, to uh, tracking sales, to I don't literally every part of an online business in one person in 10 hours a week. Uh, for this shoe business in New Zealand but you know it ended up creating them a six-figure income online by employing someone like me for a couple hours a week really Uh, um, but that was that really that was a great job because you know it's not like I earned much but I had the trust of someone that apparently she could she just trusted me and I really had nothing to show I you know, I had a business degree and a bunch of jobs that had nothing to do with her business. And I had a camera that I kind of knew how to use and I had a couple of followers on Instagram, but really that was it. And she trusted me and I had this regular freelance job for a good two years, I think, before I said, and she also realized that and she was like, you, you have to quit, like you have your own career now. But that, you know, kept me paying my rent and that kept me mm. at it and that kept me creating even when I didn't want to create for myself. And I did this job even when I was traveling. You know, I would be in Tanzania and I would be waking up at five in the morning to, it was a New Zealand business, to check in with the business and track sales and, I don't know, post on their Instagram or whatever. And then I would go on safari and I just did that <laughs> until I knew that I had, I had, you know, I had, the ability to, to to not rely on that anymore but I kept that for quite a long time and I think it's it's important because otherwise you you do it's so easy to stress about finances and then you become paralyzed by this idea that you have to suddenly mm. do everything on your own and you know self-employed life I mean depending on where you are in the world but it, for example in Austria it's very expensive I mean gosh paying for my health insurance and paying all the different kind of business taxes and and just mm. staying on top of that you need to make sure there's cash flow at all times and you need to be pretty business savvy and that just does not happen overnight so mm. you need to give yourself time as well to kind of expand into that and yeah I was lucky to have it you know that freelance job to 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 keep me afloat while I was still trying to work it all out Hmm. have you ever read um big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert yes I love it it's also a great podcast series she did yes oh I just I love everything she does I just adore her Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but no I just think I just thought of that book when you said that actually just she just has this general message across the board as a creator that you should never put um what is it like put pressure on your creativity to like pay your bills and I remember when I first heard that that like hurt me I was like that's insulting you're basically saying that I'll never be able to support myself but it's not what she's saying she's saying like you just stifle your creativity when you like make it have to do something for you and it's like it's so much more anyway if anyone wants to read that they can go check it out but you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah Yeah, cool (laughs) So uh, just to kind of loop back, as someone who was kind of pushed down the straight and narrow to kind of pursue something a little more stable, how did you end up going from being in uni to then like being fashion, blogger, photographer? I just never really looked back all that much. I just okay. <laughs> I think that's, 
you know, it's this is not to say that this was easy and opportunities kind of just came. I mean, this is also this illusion, I think, that when you have talent, you just open your arms and mm. there comes this world of opportunity. I mean, this is a very rare instance and I, you know, such things as overnight successes don't really happen. They do, but, you know, mm-hmm. rarely. Uh, so at the end of the day, I just kind of kept working and I kept, you know, making sure that I was staying afloat with whatever I had to do, whether it was a freelance job or what I just made sure it was going to work out somehow. I um, worried so much and I stressed so much and it was really difficult uh, on my personal relationships. And I remember, gosh, you know, some of my family members didn't talk to me for a couple or like for, I think, a year when I started my website first. They were saying I was ruining my career and, you know, it was, I gosh I sometimes it felt like I had to walk through fire and it really was not a big deal dude I'm a white girl in my early 20s starting a blog like (laughs) revolutionary I did not start the revolution you know but as I said I mean I I I grew up in 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 quite uh I guess you know narrow-minded you would you could say um environment and it 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 felt revolutionary to some people and so uh it Hmm. also felt like I was burning down some bridges which I never really did at all it was still still calmed down eventually but you know at that time it felt like it so you know you, when you when you hear that that little inkling that little voice inside of yourself which is to just keep going that there is going to be a way that this is going to work out you can't quite figure it out yet but you know that you can keep doing something you know that there is something that you can I guess add value to someone else's life or even just to your life by creating then you just have to keep at it and that's what I did and so uh yeah I never really considered going back into I guess using my degree in a more traditional way or 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 going back to university or so but I would also you know I'm never not inclined to I mean let's say gosh I don't know in a few years maybe I want to work in an office one day and that I will but for now Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good the way it is and I, every job comes with a lot of ups and downs and, and, you know, I really miss working in a team, obviously the regularity and safety of, of being employed, especially in COVID times, mm-hmm. I would have given a lot for that. And it was a really difficult year, um, but we made it and it's okay. And I just, you kind of constantly reevaluate where you want to be. And if I, if I'm still feeling confident that this is the right thing, I'll just keep going. And otherwise I'll, uh, I'll change direction. Mm. And I also love like what you were saying earlier about like there's so much nuance to this kind of lifestyle and this kind of work mm-hmm. that comes with this more nomadic digital nomad lifestyle. And so it's just like sometimes maybe you are working completely by yourself and maybe you're picking up work with other people too. And I think that's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm, very cool. Well, one thing I really wanted to chat with you about is one thing that you do on your account that I absolutely love um, is each month you inspire people with a challenge of some sort just to get them moving something about their health and well-being I think one one month it I think the first month I saw it was like planking and then it was like 10,000 steps and lunges I would love to know has I think you also alluded it to earlier but has health and well-being always been a priority for you while traveling uh, no, it's nothing that I, <clears throat> I guess, saw in front of me growing up. I mean, my dad is really active and he's super, he's super healthy. Um, thank God for that. But I, yeah, it's, it's nothing I really considered so much until I was at uni and uh, I was very sick for a couple of years and I just didn't really find an answer. Um, and then I slowly started, you know, researching and, and, and kind of understanding how even trauma affects things like your health like your physical health but also just the way you eat and the way you consume and the way you sleep and you know all these things these multi it's such a multidisciplinary effort you know it is you there's no other way to to see your health than in a holistic fashion it's really it's it's just everything is connected from your gut to your brain it's all one story and uh yeah so I just started doing a little bit more research and then especially in the last year I mean I'm sure this happened with a lot of us uh, I'm sure some of your Australian uh, listeners might not be able to relate, some will, but you know, when you're stuck at home and you can't really do anything or can't really even leave your home so much, then you start focusing or you start becoming aware of a lot of the things you do and a lot of the things your body behaves and you start listening a lot more to yourself and 
yeah, over the last few years, but especially last year, I've just started making a bit more of an effort to become as mindful as I as I can be with myself. And, you know, I don't live a very restrictive lifestyle in any sense, but I just do what feels best for me. And I had a really big health scare last year. And so with these, with these challenges this year, I think it was also a part of, well, I'm still at home. I'm not really traveling so much yet because we're still in lockdown. What is something else that we can do? You know, what is something else that I can keep communicating and keep inspiring other people with and, and, and just keep challenging myself and others with? And so those challenges came to mind and uh, I'm so glad I did them. It's it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to just have have a new challenge and, and realize what it can do to you. Mm. And you, um, you mentioned your health scare. Are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah, I mean, it's gosh, luckily it all worked. It just worked out just fine. And honestly, it, it was so much more dramatic because of COVID, because all the appointments mm. get, got pulled out so many months and it, it ended up being like a 13 month journey, what could have been like a two months thing. Uh. But yeah, for the past few years, even in New Zealand, I was often being told that I have a really elevated risk of breast cancer um, because of my family history and things like this. But then when I actually ended up seeing a gynecologist in Austria and he um, sort of knew the, the, the skeleton of, of or, or, or the framework of, of history in my family, he got pretty alarmed. And so I was recommended to do some gene testing but for some reason, they all got dragged out for literally 13 months. And every time I had an appointment, they were just telling me, yeah, it seems like you're 78% or 87% or you're whatever, more likely to uh, get breast and ovarian cancer in your life than a normal woman, which is already a normal woman, I think is already one in eight. So I think it's, you know. Mm. And for me, the hardest thing about all of this was just the huge amount of unknown it's very difficult. It's so interesting because as an entrepreneur and as a traveler, you live in the unknown for a lot of the time, but you can still control most aspects of it. But being in the unknown about your own health, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate, that is so scary because you you, you can't take control of it. You know, if I, so for example, when I was quite sick at uni, I had very, very severe IBS and I ended up taking control of it. You know, you, you, you can do things, but when someone tells you, you know, you might just have a gene bracket that will mean that within the next whatever, how many years you will suffer from this and that. And you can choose now maybe to get your breast removed and maybe to get your ovaries removed or not. That is so hard. And then I didn't have a full answer until January this year. And luckily I don't have that gene. I'm still Yay. really likely. Yeah, it's so great. But I'm not, I'm still very likely to, but I'm not, it's not a given that I will have any of this cancer in my life. And you know, a lot of this can also be lifestyle related, especially when you don't have the gene. So now I can, you know, I can take more control of my life again and, and, and just kind of be sure to to live a, a good and healthy lifestyle um, and obviously go and do preventative, you know, like get, get, get tested every, every half a year and just get an ultrasound and all these things. But when you don't have that answer, it is so hard because you have to really find that peace within your mind and that's a hard thing to do around your health. So... It was so hard, especially with COVID. There was nothing to distract me. And I was just sitting at home, brooding over this. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of tears involved when I finally got that call in January this year. But I'm just so lucky that, yeah, that I'm a lucky one. And I know there's so many women that aren't lucky. And uh, gosh, all I can say is, man, if you have anything in your family that that can be researched into or prevented, please go and just do that prevention, go and get your skin checked, go to the gynecologist every year, like people take care of your health because it is the biggest and most valuable. It's just, it is wealth. It is the biggest thing we have in our life. And without health, we, it's, it's, it's hard to self-actualize in any other way. So mm -hmm. please take care of yourself, everyone. <laughs> It's uh, like when you when I saw that in your stories, I don't think at the time that I saw that you had um, gotten a result yet. And so it was a bit in the mm -hmm. unknown. I very much resonated with that. I kind of I went through a, a period of my life, early 20s, where I got kind of tossed from doctors to doctors, not knowing what was wrong with me. But I was just like super, super unwell. Anyway, long story short started traveling again, took control of my health. Um, but it's been this really long journey because I noticed that 
when I want to travel, it's really easy just to take shortcuts with diet mm -hmm. and exercise you know if you're i live in a van and you know we do long driving days and working days it's like oh i've, I've got to get the work done because this is my work day mm -hmm. and like oh and then tomorrow we have to drive and it's so easy to mm -hmm. get caught up in this like go 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 headspace and just to be like oh wait mm -hmm. hold on my health is like literally the only way that i can do this this is like my first and foremost vehicle that's secondary mm -hmm. sorry i'm pointing to my mm -hmm. van <laughs> to anyone listening mm -hmm. um and it's really, I'd love to kind of hear you speak about this. If you have any further insights, it's just like, I, I just feel like it can be really easy to make that choice in the short term, just to choose the, the travel and the exciting and the, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I don't need to get that checkup this year. I, I've mm -hmm. got to go th this place or I don't have the money for it. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's so valuable. I just would love to hear your perspective. I mean, you also, especially when you just said that you don't have the money, you know, and people say you don't have the money for it. I mean, I understand in some countries, healthcare, unfortunately, is, yeah, it's not a given. And it just breaks my heart that there is even a debate around whether it should be or not. But at the end of the day, if you have the money for an iPhone, if you have the money to travel, you will be able to somehow get a checkup if there is something that you need to get checked up on. Like, that, that has to be priority. I think what happens so much is that we, most of us, I mean, most of the people as well that are going to be listening to this, we grew up in such a privileged way of life. I mean, this is not how the majority of the world lives right now. You know, we do have, we are surrounded by everything and more than we could ever ask for. And I think if you don't have an experience in your family or if you don't have a personal experience of a health scare or maybe even worse, you just don't realize how much it means because you it's something it, it's a kind of the same thing as a roof over our heads you know it's it's hard for people sometimes to empathize with people who don't have those uh, sort of in Maslow's hierarchy needs like those first you know few needs when we have never been without them you know mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for me, the idea of a family or even the idea of a home has been one that I have been dreaming towards since, well, literally my whole life. And uh, I'm kind of starting a home now with my partner now. And gosh, there have been so many days where I just wanted to cry because I couldn't understand how lucky it is and how full circle this moment is for me because I'm finally getting it. You know, if, I guess what I want to say, it's hard to get perspective if you don't, if, if, if life hasn't given you the opportunity or I guess maybe also has save you from from not having to have it and it's just so yeah it is just so crucial to take control of what you can because there's plenty of things in life that you can't control and our health to a big extent is something that we can control or at least preventatively control in, in many aspects and there's such easy things to do that I mean gosh when has sleep become a thing that when people say that Oh yeah, I haven't slept. Like when is when is it when has it become cool to not sleep enough or to be so stressed that every time you have to answer by with when, when people ask you how you are and saying, Oh, I'm so busy. It's like this when has this become a state of like when has this become a, a good thing? Mm. You know, I think we really have to draw back the clock here a bit and get back to the drawing board and realize that being stressed and being constantly tired or having a constantly, I guess, bad tummy or all these things and being constantly really inflamed, that is not something that we should just live with because I don't know, like, why? And, you know, it took me so long as well to understand that it's actually not normal and we can do so much to to come back to that, but it, it takes work. And mm. I see within the travel photography industry so many colleagues that they and I used to too, you know, we run on really just nothing, you know, such thin threads because you shoot at sunset, you shoot maybe in during the night or you drive during the night, you shoot in the morning, you go to a new place during the day, you go, go, go. And at the end of one week, you get, you're barely sociable anymore because you're, you're, you're running on just nothing on, on empty air. And it's, it's, it's so stupid because the thing is with creativity, it also needs a healthy mind and, and, and a healthy set of emotions to be drawn like to all of this. You know, a good photo will come also when someone is mindful of taking that photo and not just when this guy is pretty and you just take it half asleep. Like this is not how creativity works and this is not how mindful art works. So uh, yeah, I guess just 
sometimes we just have to skip those sunrises or we just have to skip those crazy trips and just go a bit slower and uh, it will all become a lot more meaningful. And I think that is important because without meaning, it's hard to be proud of anything. Just to what you were saying before, when it comes to like you were saying through this past year, like you really struggled uh, going through this year by yourself or this past year by yourself as a entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. And you started doing like a lot more for your health. Did you notice a shift in your mindset and like your headspace? Because I know for myself, this is my background. I studied psychology and my like biggest passion was um, mental health around like your diet and exercise because at that time it was just kind of starting and people were starting to like do research into it and I was just like obsessed um and so mm -hmm. ever since then I've really obviously there's always a time and a place for um medication I do not want to stipulate anything other than that but sure. there's also a lot to be said of what do you call it like complementary like working together um mm -hmm. and yeah I'd just love to hear from your perspective like did you feel that shift for yourself yeah, I think that mind-body connection can be so powerful if you, well, once you experience it for the first time. I think for me as well, I mean, look, by last year, I was already living pretty mindfully and pretty healthily most of the time. But at the end of the day, I was still, before last year, traveling long haul almost every week, um, just shooting one from one client in one country to another so you know it was manic and I lived in New Zealand which meant that my flights really were very long oh um so it you know I I just kind of made do and I just kept myself afloat but it was hard I was so tired I was so drained and I didn't have time to catch myself I just always kept running and that's okay I mean sometimes that is also necessary for uh, I guess a career or uh, for a part of your life but at the end of the day now uh, I've spent this year really getting to know my body as well and I'm just making that connection with, with how my mind and my body work and what they need and how much sleep I really need and it's it's been a super powerful effect because I have become a lot more calm uh, I have uh, finally gosh I hope knock on wood really uh <laughs> finally cured my acne which sounds so superficial but it really got them it kind of like you so much my acne was super bad that's amazing um, and it's only happened in the last like three months or so that it finally so cool lifted its veil yes. <laughs> but you know other things like that too I have become I think a better listener I can spare more time I mean I've always made sure to have a lot of time with my friends but I think when you're constantly on the go it's hard to just really focus on one person or, or, or just listen when you know you, there's so many other things to do and maybe you should just sleep um <laughs> so yeah I think I've become a better listener for others but also to myself and uh, I'm you know I'm not really willing to make so many trade-offs anymore for my health I've become like a lot more assertive around that you know if I need time to myself or if I need sleep or if I need to go on that long walk by myself because I know I can feel it I'm not willing to just work until midnight just to get something done I mean this happens every now and then still but most of the time it's like no computer is off and people can wait and everyone can just relax a little bit because I'm just a photographer and all is okay and just kind of get it you know it helped me gain some perspective as well I mean I am so privileged I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do it blows my mind every single day of the week but at the end of the day I really can't do what I do without my health so I prioritize that and I hope it keeps that way I think a lot of people like I don't know whether it's consciously or subconsciously who are pursuing a more uh, nomadic existent travel more full-time I think there's like some kind of subconscious like to get away from this like nine to five lifestyle it's just like we want to be prioritizing those things we want to be in control of our time so that we can be in control of our time and it's just like almost like breaking that pattern of being so in the habit of just go 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 and just taking a step back like you said just to create those and cultivate those new habits mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really cool i've got one final <laughs> question for you before i let you go um how do you prioritize um balancing work travel well-being and could you put this in a way to give this to someone who might be either just starting out or 
is in the process of trying to be in this lifestyle. Um, yeah, some tips and tricks for them. Well, I think as much as we are drawn to this sort of unstructured free lifestyle, a little bit of structure can be super helpful. Uh, a little bit of routine can really set our minds and our just work life at ease and can actually help us get things done. So yeah, I would definitely recommend finding some kind of routine that you know you you keep up with. Whether you might journal every morning or whether you write yourself a to-do list, and there is some non-negotiables on there that you must get done no matter what. Or that you know, for me now, I really want to spend like I journal every morning and every night, really quickly, only a couple of minutes each time, and then I always make sure I go for a long walk outside because being outside is just good for everything. It is. <laughs> just the best medicine and just whatever the weather is I'll just make sure I'll go outside and you know and then there I have a list of non-negotiables for work that I know I need to get done maybe there are deadlines maybe there are self-imposed deadlines but don't make that list too long because what you start doing initially I remember this as well and I still do this sometimes you see opportunity everywhere right? you see you can kind of create this and do that and post there and, and, and gosh to write that person and you have a list that is so long that you end up being paralyzed so Mm. give yourself little chunks of you know things for yourself for your well-being for your health for your professional life that you can do every day that are manageable and then up it from there you know don't go so you know head over heels first that at the end of the day you're just burnt out after a weekend and you feel like you can't even open your laptop anymore I mean this is not the idea so setting yourself structures also giving yourself time off that's really mindful as opposed to kind of just having the time off when you're done or, or kind of when it happens, you know, it really helps me to know that, you know, on Sundays, for instance, I generally don't work or on, you know, I, so no, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it helped, it really helps myself knowing, you know, I mean, people that work a nine to five job, they have weekends, they have public holidays off. Gosh, I don't even know when public holidays are anymore. You know, so <laughs> Yep. getting I guess going going back to a little bit of structure can really help you become more free because if you're wanting to be really free and if you're wanting to pursue this lifestyle because I guess you're you're wanting more control of your life you've got to take the control because otherwise all these responsibilities and all these tasks whether that be uh personal or professional they will overwhelm you and you will have less freedom than when you were employed so make sure that you actually kind of structure yourself a little bit so that you can reap the benefits of this lifestyle that we have because sometimes kind of people do so much and work so much and and and, and kind of they they never see the benefits so why even why even why did you do it in the first place so mm. yeah structure yourself I love that well I just want to say this was like this whole entire conversation was magical and I learned so much and thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday for anyone who's listening I'm just going to call myself out I absolutely got our day wrong <laughs> absolutely and Carmen was a, an amazing incredible human who just was like so gracious so thank you for that and thank you for thank your you. time awesome well I'm going to let you go um and have an amazing evening or day I don't know what time it is <laughs> yes day I'm going to have breakfast now. It's 11, 11, oh. by the way. Oh, stop yeah. that. Is it? I know, right? Yeah, it <laughs> Too is. 11, good. 11, 11. I love that. Well, yeah. I'm going to let you have breakfast <laughs> and enjoy your day. And again, thank you so much. Thank you, lovely. Goodbye. You're welcome. Bye. Alrighty, guys. One final thing before I leave you guys today is just to remind you, if you are looking for more inspiration, tips, tricks, and hacks for thriving in this alternative lifestyle, then make sure to check out my new newsletter. Each week, I will be sending out my top favorite finds of the week from across the board. Anything from apps, articles, people I'm following, videos I'm watching, books I'm reading, podcasts I'm obsessed with, travel-friendly meals, and so much more, all related to thriving in this alternative lifestyle. If you want to sign up to get that in your inbox every week, you can head to the show notes. All the details are there. But that is pretty much it for me for today, guys. As always, if you haven't already left us a review or a rating, if you have like two seconds right now to scroll down, if you're on Apple Podcasts, 
Um, or if you're outside there, there is a link in the show notes that you can click over uh, to Apple Podcasts. Leaving a rating, literally a, re- a rating takes about two seconds. You just tap the stars. And if that's all you want to do, amazing. If you want to leave us some words in the review section, you can just do a little 30-second thought dump let us know the thing you loved best if it's on an episode if it's on the show in general it all just really helps let other people know what to expect when they're tuning into the podcast and it helps us continue to get amazing guests like Carmen on the show alrighty guys I'm going to leave you there but have an amazing rest of your week and I will see you next week